laughing and smiling at each other. Their clothes, hair, and sun-pink look made it clear that for many of them, this was the best they could afford for a Saturday afternoon's live entertainment. The only outward difference between Borg and the others around him was that they looked lean and hungry, and he looked healthy and sleek in slacks, a black t-shirt, and a dark sports jacket. People particularly the twins when they weren't wrestling the animals, paid homage to Borg by somberly nodding when he spoke. Earl Borg was the only multimillionaire in the sweatbox heat of the barn, and the others all knew it. The closest person to Borg in income was Sully Wright, the citrus farmer, who could count on a net annual profit of about $30,000 if there were no blight, freezes, hurricanes, or further government restrictions. The tugging pit bull looked at the hog and made a throat-clearing sound that brought applause and hoots. The hog responded with a snort. The crowd seemed to think, wanted to think, that the hog was like a bull snorting, eager to paw the ground and attack. To Lou, the snort pulsed with fear. There was no doubt about what was about to happen in the ring. The only question was how quickly it would take place. Borg was taking last-minute bets, all cash, and pocketing it. He didn't have to write the names of the people handing him dollars, fives, tens, and even a few twenties. He was known here. He knew them. Earl Borg's wife's lawyer had sent Lou here to serve divorce papers. That was what Lou did. He was a process server, working just enough to keep himself in food and pay the rent with a little leftover for videotape rentals, resale shop clothes, YMCA membership, soap, toothpaste, and disposable razors. The job was easy. Mrs. Borg had known exactly where her husband would be and when he would be there. The only problem now for Lou was placing the papers in Borg's hand and getting out of the barn alive and, hopefully, untouched. Lou wore his usual jeans and a clean, drip-dry, short-sleeved blue shirt with no buttons missing, a Cubs baseball cap on his nearly bald head. He fit in, almost invisible, a lean man with a sad Italian face, a lapsed Episcopalian in Baptist country. Lou had once been an investigator in the office of the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. Lou had once had a wife he loved and an apartment on Lakeshore Drive. Now he was serving papers for Sarasota lawyers and living alone at the rear of a Dairy Queen parking lot in a small two-room office in a building that merited condemnation. It was the way he wanted it. The twin holding back the pit bull cried out, Go! and freed the dog who shot across the ring and sunk its jaws into the hog's snout. The hog squealed in agony, swayed slightly but didn't move. The dog moved to the animal's side. The crowd went silent to hear the clamping of the dog's teeth as it made its deep, quick gash. The crowd went wild, many of them standing, shouting out, Santana! and get him! Borg watched emotionless, checking his watch, lips pursed. The hog teetered and fell on its side, but Santana didn't let go. Both twins ran into the ring. The one in the black T-shirt shouted, It's over! The man in the red t-shirt moved in with a wooden pole the length of a baseball bat, put a foot on the fallen hog's back, and wedged the pole between the jaws of the dog. "'Are they finished?' asked a girl about nine in the row in front of where Lou stood. "'Don't know, baby,' said the mother, who could have been any age from fourteen to thirty. The crowd was silent again. Lou made his way slowly around the wall of the barn. 
Borg was handing out cash to a grinning, wrinkle-necked old man in slacks, a yellow shirt, and a green bow tie. It took about a minute to pry the dog loose. Red T-shirt lost his cowboy hat in the process. Santana was muzzled the instant his jaws opened. The dog was led out of the ring by the man in the red T-shirt, who paused to pick up his hat, to cheering from the crowd. The man in the black T-shirt went to the fallen hog and said gently, Get up, boy. You did just fine. Get up, urged a woman's voice from the crowd. Others took up the chant. Get up! The twin in the black T-shirt pulled a bottle of apple cider vinegar from his pocket, opened it, and poured it on the panting hog's wounds. Lou was now in the rear of the barn, looking down at Borg's back. The crowd cheered as the hog wobbled to its feet. The man in the red T-shirt was back now, a muzzle in his hand. He put it over the mouth and head of the dazed hog. Children ten and under, the man in black shouted.